You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. This is the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey family. I'm Al Sacco, Zane Nafi, no Brian Rennick today. And Zane, it's like old times, man. It's just me and you. It is like old times, man. And we're still arguing over quarterbacks like we used to back in the day because the Niners can't settle on a quarterback and they're never healthy. <laughs> and they're on the cusp of doing something big, but they can't get out of their own way. And we're still angry about it. So I guess... I guess not much has changed in six years. Al, you know, we've been doing this for six years. Isn't that crazy? I know. Isn't it, isn't it scary? 2017, we actually started, I always say it was the like the week after they signed Earl Mitchell. So I remember being on the press conference call and then like we did, the, we did our first podcast on the phone, which is crazy. And yeah, it's been a really long time, man. Long time. We've been around. Listen, we've, we've stood the test of time. We definitely have. We are the OGs. <laughs> uh, all right. So here's, what I want to start today. Start today, Zane. Did you see the article by Eric Branch floating around about um, Sam Darnold? I did. And I don't, I don't know what to make of that because I, I have been reading Eric Branch's stuff for a long time and I, and I had a chance to meet him and hang out with him for a little bit when, when nice he would guy. go to the, yeah, he's a good guy, but I, I just don't understand the angle because anybody that can, that, that knows anything about anything knows that Sam Darnold is essentially here to be the absolute emergency policy here. He's he is not here to be starting at all. He is not here to take QB one. He is here because the Niners went through four quarterbacks last year and the fourth quarterback had little to no experience in the last couple of years, right? So they don't want to be in that situation again. They want to insulate themselves against that and insulate themselves against a quarterback room that frankly has not been able to stay healthy, Purdy or Trey up to this point. Well, what, what the article said, or at least his um, headline on Twitter for the article, the signing of Sam Darnold suggests a disconnect between the 49ers' words and actions on how they view their quarterback position in 2023, and by extension, Trey Lance's ability to lead a Super Bowl contender if necessary. So here's the way, you know me, I see something that I think about all different angles. I always try to see all different angles on things. It is absolutely no question about it. Sam Darnold was brought here to be QB3. And I think for the Niners, what they what they want to do right now in their perfect world, I feel like they believe this is Brock Purdy's team when healthy. Trey is QB two, but can take that next step if he does great. But right now, I think that's the pecking order and Darnold is QB three. I don't think there's any question about that. But let's I always say let's look at the reality of the situation. We don't know when Purdy's going to be healthy. We hope he's good for week one, but who knows, right? Setbacks or whatever can happen. And the Niners themselves don't know what they have in Trey Lance. Lance hasn't been healthy. This team is ready to win now. So if if Darnold comes out 
and Kyle Shanahan resurrects his career and he's better than Trey Lance and Purdy's hurt, do I think Dar Kyle Shanahan would start Sam Darnold? Yes, 100% I think he would. If he's better than Trey Lance and he thinks Darnold has gives them more of an opportunity to win, I think I, I think 100% he would start him. I think he would start Christian McCaffrey at quarterback if he thought he gave him the, them the best chance to win. But until we see that, until worst case scenario happens, I don't think you can go in and say like, yeah, Darnold, Darnold's right in this competition. I, I don't believe that he is. I think it's Purdy and Lance and whatever kind of competition, if there is one. And then Darnold is definitely backup or, or the third stringer. What we could see happen is Darnold sort of push his way into being the QB2 of the future. And maybe one of Lance and Purdy separates themselves and maybe the other doesn't. And they move on from one. And then they re-sign Darnold after this year to be the QB2. That I can see. I don't see him starting unless Purdy's hurt and Trey is just worst case scenario and Kyle feels he's the, he's, he's the best option. Other than that, yeah, I think it's a lot of conjecture. I think it's, it might be reaching a little bit, but I didn't read the article because I don't read anything behind a paywall. <laughs> so I saw, <laughs> and I saw him just getting destroyed in comments and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I don't think he's saying this is going to happen. He's probably just sort of thinking about the things I just said, maybe. I don't know, but that's what I got out of. Yeah, it's hard for me to foresee a quarterback room of the future where both Trey Lance and Brock Purdy exist on the same team in the same quarterback room. And I think that they're guarding themselves against that by having Sam Darnold on the team now so he can learn the playbook, get familiar with it. So if and when that time comes that he can assume that QB2 role and, again, maybe start a couple games here and there, bar injury or whatever. But the reason why I don't foresee that Trey Lance and Brock quarterback beyond the the rookie contracts for both of them is because at that point one of them will have separated them over the other right and i think that they probably will want to do right by the other guy and give him a chance to to flourish elsewhere and get something back in return if they get a comp pick or something like that by just letting him walk then that that would be the case but i think that that would that would most be the most likely scenario that you're either the only way that one of them stays on, either one, is that you have the starter making starter money and the backup, whoever it is, Trey or Brock, making backup money. That's the only way. Like Trey's not going to make as much as he's making now, right? He's the backup of the future, right? He's not going. That's not going to happen. So, I think that what they did here, uh, what quarterback, what teams usually do with with their quarterback room, most teams is that, especially if they have a young quarterback, is that they'll bring in a veteran to back up that that rookie or young quarterback just as an insurance policy, as a mentor, as mm -hmm. a guy who can kind of stabilize things when when things are looking bleak, right? When when your starting quarterback goes down and you need somebody to, to babysit the game to a victory. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That's essentially who Sam Donald is. He had a four and two record last year with Carolina on a on a pretty bad team. And obviously Steve Wilkes knows him as well. So I'm sure that Steve Wilkes advocated for him too. But really he, it's he's a guy who hasn't really had a chance to flourish under a good offensive coordinator. And I think that yeah. if people understand the reason why he was brought in and the context for bringing him in, it makes a lot more sense than just saying like, oh, it's an op open competition and he's in that competition. Because I don't think that's what, what the Niners are, are envisioning yeah. here. I think that it's literally just an insurance policy. Yeah, it's either worst case scenario or Darnold just completely is a different person and resurrects his career. You know, those are right. the only two two ways. If he comes in and you're like, oh my God, everything they thought at pick number three, Kyle's got out of him, or just Purdy's hurt and Trey's not it, or Trey gets hurt again. It would have to take just two total 
you know, crazy things I think to happen for that to be. But I do think he could put himself, like you said, and like we said in the conversation for QB two of the future, because yeah, if one of Purdy or Lance really separates themselves this year, then the Niners have a trade chip in the off season that people would probably be really interested in. So we'll see where that goes with it, but it's going to be interesting. And again, it's, it's the Niners QB room. It's never not interesting. We'll be talking about it all off season. Mm -hmm. So all right, Zane. So looking at this free agent class and looking where the team is right now, let's I guess let's kind of look at what, what they've done. We talked about Darnold and we talked about Javon Hargrave last last show. We knew that those two guys are, are in the fold and we talked about them at length. The other two new people that they signed, and we'll get into returners soon and, and, and who, who they lost. Isaiah Oliver is a cornerback they signed from the Falcons. This, this was a really interesting signing to me. So he, he hurt his ACL in 2021. And then he came back last year. He played 12 games. And I, he kind of, from what I read, got himself back to form towards, towards the end of the season. Um, he's a pretty good player. I think he's an underrated player. He's going to compete with Sam Womack for that, for that nickel job. And I saw an interesting stat on him today. So Jimmy Ward, who probably better safety than a corner, but he did a good job, I thought, in nickel this year. He gave up 81.4% completion and 94 passer rating. He had three interceptions and four TDs allowed. Oliver's coverage stats were 68.4% completion, only a 72.4 passer rating allowed, one pick, and he did not allow a touchdown. So this is one of those nice under-the-radar kind of cheap signings, maybe similar to maybe Kwan Williams, right, mm -hmm. that could end up really working for the Niners. It's, it, it's at worst good depth in the secondary, but now you have Lenore, you have Ward, you have Womack and you have and you have him and that Oliver. And all of a sudden, I think that's a pretty decent cornerback room. I think I wanted Mosley back. We'll get into that. But I thought this was a good sort of under the radar cheap signing for their secondary. Yeah, I like it. And I think that the, the thing that I want to highlight here is the development of Delmer Lenore that kind of made all of this possible. Because if he, is if he, he doesn't develop on the outside, you, you're not able to do this. You most likely have to resign E-Man and, and bring him back and you don't. You may have to move Womack into the slot or Lenore in the slot. We don't know what happens then, but I, the the credit really should go to Diamond or Lenore to allow them the flexibility to bring in a guy like Isaiah Oliver and let Jimmy Ward walk. And I, I like Isaiah Oliver. You know, he was one of those guys where he was a high draft pick or high ish draft pick that had the ACL injury and and came back came back well at the end of last season. Like if you if you watch Atlanta games or watch the end of the, their season last year, he was their best defender. In the last four weeks of the season, he was he was fantastic. So I think that Steve Wilkes is, mind you, his specialty is defensive backs, right? So you mm -hmm. have a situation similar to Chris Kucerich where you can get a guy like a Cleveland Farrell, who we'll talk about in a second, and you can who's who's have who has a lot of talent and hasn't necessarily been able to realize that talent and 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 turn out into production, and you can get the most out of him because you have a position coach that specializes in that in that position, or you have a coordinator that specializes in a specific position. Uh, Pete Carroll is a good example, right? Why are his DBs always good? Because he was a DB coach, right, at one point. Mm -hmm. And that's why he was able to kind of create the Legion of Boom and, and all that stuff. So Steve Wilkes being there is going to be a huge deal for the defensive backfield. And I think that you'll see better performance out of out of some of the, the lesser-known names that we haven't seen before, like a Samuel Womack, who had a good preseason, had a good start to his career, but then Lenore eventually ended up taking a spot and Ward moved down when, when Gibson kind of went to safety. So... I think that when you pair a, a supremely talented athlete like Isaiah Oliver, he's he's got all the talent in the world to make it work. It's just about staying healthy and putting it together. When you pair him with a guy like Steve Wilkes, I really think that you have, uh, you know, a, a sort of 
feel good reclamation project story like you saw with an Arden Key or Charles Amenhu, something like that. And it's good to still feel good about that secondary because you lost Jimmy Ward, you lost Emmanuel Mosley, who are big pieces when healthy to that unit. Mm-hmm. Gibson's coming back. Again, I still wonder if that was more lightning in a bottle, but he's, he'll still be a, a solid starter. You have Hufunga, you need more depth at safety without a doubt. But we just mentioned the corners. That's that's a, a secondary I'm comfortable with. And when you lose guys like Mosley and Ward, you can still say that I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I think so too. And look, the draft hasn't happened yet. June 1st cuts have not happened. We don't know what the mobility is going to be. Their training camp hasn't happened. So there's going to be a lot left to, there's a lot of meat left on this bone right now. And I think that they have, they do have work to do. We talked about it on last show, like they've got offensive line and, and edge rusher positions to fill. But I think that if you were to go into the season with this particular secondary, I would be completely comfortable with it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, and like you said, it's early, and I'm glad it's early as we start to look at the D-line because as exciting as the Hargrave signing is, I'm a little bit worried as of right now. I didn't say worries right now because it's it's too it's it's early. Let's just say they need to do more work. Inside, you have Armstead, you have Hargrave, you have Kinlaw, you have Gibbons, who's coming back um, on that restricted free agent deal. You have McGill, who they brought back, and you, you have Davis. I feel good about the inside. I think we're looking okay. Outside is where I'm like, uh, you have Bosa, who's all world. Drake Jackson, you're hoping they take that next step. Then you have Alex Barrett and the new guy they signed, Cleveland Farrell, who's been a major disappointment in Oakland. He was, what, the fourth overall pick, I believe, mm-hmm. back in 2019. So he came in with huge expectations after a great career at Penn State. He's definitely underperformed. He has 10 sacks in four years, and now he gets another chance with the Niners. And it's definitely just a rotational deal. It's not like they paid him a lot of money. They paid him a million bucks or whatever it was a year. It's not much. Whatever. I'll have to look it up. But um, he's going to be a rotational piece. And he's going to be, Farrell got a one-year $2.5 million deal. Right. He's going to be someone close to We'll see. Can he coach him up? He did with Arden Key. He did with Charles and Menehue. Is it someone they can get to come in and, and play some meaningful snaps and get them some sacks and resurrect his career? Maybe. But they definitely definitely need more help at edge this is like a chris cousser special right where he's a guy like mohurst or arden key as i mentioned before that it's just a reclamation project and and the Niners are are becoming one of those teams that has has a reputation for this and i think that's a good thing because you can get a lot low risk high reward players on cheap deals could help you out for a season or two and you just kind of replace them with with their with other players now if Kucherik ever leaves, then that would be that would be really terrible because then this 
have this situation anymore, but it's akin to Jim Tomsula when he was the D-line coach, not not the head coach, but when he was the line coach under Jim Harbaugh, and you just had him making the most out of guys like Ray McDonald and and uh, Isaac Isaac Sopoaga and guys like that. I think that so Cleveland Farrell, uh, so he went to Clemson, and his uh, in his last two years, he had twenty sacks in his last two years or 20, 21 sacks. He had 11 and a half and then nine and a half in his last two years. So he can play. And at that level, you don't just put up those numbers by accident. I just think that the Raiders are, are a complete tire fire and it's so hard to develop any talent there because it's just a, a wasteland and yeah. the, the culture is toxic and it's just, it's not a good place for a rookie to be. So I think that he'll flourish here. He may not become an all world player, but Hey, if you can have Charles Manny who, type production where in your role you're effective i think that that's a win especially with the price tag i think that's a huge win for them if they can get that out, out of feral man kosurik should start charging percentages for some of these guys that leave ibukheim got three years right? 27 million from the colts and many who who was a cast off from the texans the niners mm -hmm. got him for a late round pick and he gets two years 20 million i remember when they traded for many the record was whatever. It was early in the season, and it was like they were, yeah. they were three and four or whatever they were, three and five. They had a terrible record, and I'm like, oh great, you trade this fifth round pick for this guy who gives a shit. And I was like all fired <laughs> up because they were playing yeah. so bad. And they turn it around, and he turns it around, and it's one of those things we talked about with with their roster. Do I want to say Farrell? Ugh, yeah. But how many times have we just seen them turn guys around? So yeah. they've they've earned the benefit of the doubt with me when it comes to things like this. Like, I, I'm not excited about Cleveland Farrell at all on the surface, but does he turn into an Arden Key? Then I am maybe excited. So let's let's see what he can do with him. Let's see what Kosurik and, and Wilkes and those guys can do with him. Maybe maybe it will end up being one of those signings that you're like, man, that was a steal. And then he goes back on the market next year and gets, you know, a two-year, $60 million contract or something crazy. So we'll, we'll see. And on top of that, uh, we, we, can't, we can't forget, Al, that who is he playing opposite? He's playing opposite the reigning NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Right. And that's going to make a big difference, too. So well, I, mean, I was, think Crosby's no, no, no Rudy Pooh, you know, with the Raiders. Right. But Crosby, there, there's a there's a large gap between Max Crosby and Nick Bosa, in my opinion. Right. Like, I mean, numbers wise, there may not be. But if you look at, if you look at the games and watch favorite things to watch the tape, I feel like there's a very large gap between what Nick Bosa does and what Max Crosby does. And I think that that itself has an effect on the entire defense, including the, the defensive line. Like, look, they're going to have pass rushers. Every, you have interior pass rushers with Hargrave and, and Eric Armstead. You've got the best edge rusher in the league and Bosa. And you'll see a lot of one-on-ones on the other side, right? You see a lot of shit, like tight end blocks and things like that on the side with where, where uh, the opposite to Bosa. So I think that if you put somebody there that has some talent, they have a potential there to really make some make noise there. That might be like the most coveted position in the NFL on defense. You have Bosa, you have Hargrave, you have Armstead, and then you get to play with the least attention on the line. If they got somebody, I don't know, even like an Ngakwe or somebody like that, my God, that's such an enviable position in being for a defensive end. You got those three monsters and studs, and right. you're going to get, like you said, tons of one-on-ones. Somebody coming in, especially, that's why if they can get a vet on like a one-year deal, why wouldn't you want to do that? You come in and you have a career year, probably, or close to it, because you have all those other guys. You can come in and get 10 sacks and then get paid next year if you have a one-year deal. So I think they're kind of maybe waiting to see how things happen through the end of uh, the free agency and, like you said, through cuts. Maybe they do end up with a nice veteran. And I think they'll address in the draft, too, 
but you know, right now they their first pick is in the third. It's it, it's tough for somebody that late to come in and make an immediate impact that late of a pick. So as much as the Niners have success with guys like that, sometimes it's down the road or they, it's in year two. So it would be a little bit of a stretch to ask a, you know, a third, fourth, fifth round pick to come in and do that. But I, I do think there's still going to be other names out there that hopefully they can, they can jump on. Yeah, I think that – so the, the, the contract that Cleveland Farrell got, that's not starter money. That's, that's no. rotating piece no. money. And that's something to, to keep track of because they're gonna they're they're saving their starter money on the D line for a starter, and I really think Yannick Ngakwe is the guy the guy that keeps coming up for me. He's the guy me that too. keeps coming up, and I really feel like they're gonna make a run at him. And I really feel like you you may have a good chance at seeing Ngakwe in a Niners uniform probably later than than rather sooner. He's probably weighing his options at this point, but you're gonna see him at least they're gonna make a at least a very good run at Yannick Ngakwe, and, and I really hope they can land him. And the more he stays out there, the longer it goes. I always think, okay, his market maybe wasn't what he thought it would be. He's not getting the offers right. he thought he would. The Niners can maybe swoop in again and more of a prove it deal. And you come to a good team with a good supporting cast, and that's really attractive for for a player coming in. So we'll see on that. Other side of the ball, returning, they brought back Jake Brendel, which looked like it was touch and go for a while because there were a lot of teams mm -hmm. interested in him. He had other offers. He ended up coming back, coming back to the Niners. Four years, twenty million, and that's—I mean, again—that's a cheap deal. That's—it's not like they're paying him a ton of money. He did a good job last year, right? You know, Brendel overall did 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 a good job. He was he was good in pass protection. He had he had good numbers. It's it's definitely good to have that continuity now. You're gonna have Brendel, you're gonna have Burford, you're gonna have Banks in the middle, obviously Trent Williams. So they they do have some continuity within that line. McKivitz too, although McKivitz came back, it's two years, five point eight million. When they signed him, like all right. Because I know they're comfortable with him starting, or at least they've said. When they sign him, I'm like, all right, see the guy. But that contract is more swing tackle money. So that's another position where maybe kind of they might get somebody else. I don't know. What do you think there? Yeah, I think I think that's what that they'll probably look at this. And they may draft somebody. I, I really think that they've, they've been a bunch of players. And I think that there's going to be a lot of mobility. And it's it's an okay is draft it's not top heavy it's it's bigger than we've seen in years past so i think that they'll be able to find somebody who's look they, they pick in the fifth round that guy's an immediate starter right so they just need to get the fifth yeah. round they'll be fine but i i think they'll, they'll probably address this through the draft and it's scary starting a rookie tackle but they've shown the ability to develop young offensive linemen with this team and i think that the way that they uh the way that they operate it's an offensive line friendly sort of scheme with the zone blocking scheme. Like it's, it's very mm -hmm. simple for them, right? It's not, it's not a complicated scheme. So I think that for that reason, you don't necessarily have to pay top dollar for, for a right tackle. And it's another guy on a rookie contract, right? That would help your team. So I think they'll very seriously look into replacing McGlinchey via the draft because McKivitt seems more like a backup piece to me i mean i feel like he can start if needed but i feel like you know you have to have that swing tackle jalen moore was that guy a couple of, uh, a couple of years ago so i think that and, and you know he he got limited starting experience but having him on the roster was the bigger deal because he could play basically four out of five offensive line positions so that's i feel like what they have in mckivitz and they know what they have in him but they don't have like a road grading right tackle that can run block um or you know anybody that they can put in there and plug and play it at this point. So mm -hmm. I think that, will there be a guy in a draft like that? Maybe, but I think that they'll like take a long, long, hard look at the draft because at that point your funds are limited. 
you don't know what you can. Uh, I hopefully they would, they would have signed a, a, like a defensive end or a Gawkway or somebody like that at that point. Yeah. And the only way to fill it is via the draft. So Brendel, going back to his production, he had one sack allowed in 680 pass block snaps, and he was third among centers in efficiency at 98.8 uh, pass blocking. So he was definitely a very good pass blocker. Now, so here's what I'm thinking with the offensive line too. If you, they were good. They they definitely are. There's a lot of shitty offensive line play in the league, and the Niners do not have a shitty offensive line. I don't think. I think they have a good offensive line. But again, we always talk. We, we want to win the Super Bowl right now, right? This is like a two-year window for them to kind of get this done with this core. To me, they got worked a little bit in the playoffs. Dallas really worked them the first, I don't know, two and three-fourths quarters, and then it looked like Dallas wore down a little bit, and the Niners were able to get going. But in, in the beginning of that game, the Niners' offensive line was getting worked. And the Philly game is tough to judge just because everything went to hell. But Philly's defensive line kind of worked the Niners' offensive line in that game, too. If you go back and watch that or you look at any kind of film on there, the, the Eagles' offensive defensive line was winning. So that worries me a little bit in the sense that their offensive line probably isn't better right now. I know people don't like McGlinchey, and it's probably tough to hear, but McGlinchey's a good run blocker. So are they better right, right now? I don't know. That, that remains to be seen. It could be, but it remains to be seen. Is Burford going to take the next step after his rookie season? He going to get better? Maybe. Banks was only in his second year. Is he going to get better? Brendel in his second year of starting, will he get better? Trent Williams is Trent Williams, so you don't worry there. But that was one of the things for me I kind of wondered. If they did make a splash, were, were they going to try to do it on the offensive line at center or at right tackle? Are they still going to maybe try to do something? It would now would have to be at right tackle. I don't think they'll replace any of the other starters, but well, certainly not. So that was a, a thing for me. I kind of was like, ah, eh, uh, in the playoffs, it, it was a little touch and go. So we'll see this year if it can get better because, again, it's 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 going to probably be those same teams that you're going against next year. When it comes to the playoffs, every team is good, right? There are no – unless you're the Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins, a quarterback, right? You're, you're a pretender then, right? Or unless you're the Dallas Cowboys who get bounced every time by the 49ers. Uh, unless, right. unless you're one of those two teams. <laughs> you're, you're a contending team, and you're going to be towards the upper echelon of your of your conference. And you can't go there with patchwork position groups. You can't go there – with a patchwork offensive line, and expect to win. You can't go there with a patchwork receiving core or defensive line. You have to have as many people healthy as possible to be able to make as much noise as possible. It's not saying that you can't get it done, but to give yourself the best chance, you have to have all hands on deck. I just, I just hope that the Niners can go through the season without some major attrition because Al, there have been only, I believe. There have been two teams that have played more games than the 49ers of the last two years. Just it's mm -hmm. number one, the Chiefs, obviously, and number two, the Bengals. And number three is the Niners, right behind them. The Niners have played the third most games, including playoffs, out of any team in the last two years. They've consistently had long seasons that go that go that stretch kind of into late into January. And I just hope that that doesn't take its wear and tear on, on the team. And, and that's something that we'll have to watch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And that's a, that's a great point. I think a lot of people just assume they're going to be back where they were. And talent-wise, they, they should be. Certainly, they're a playoff team. Can they get back to the NFC Championship and beyond? Talent-wise, yes. But the attrition is a great point. They've had three really long seasons in the last four years. Really long seasons. And eventually, yes, that 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 does take its toll on people. And, and the attrition, the attrition is is it's a great point. Things happen. You need breaks to get where they did. And they've gotten the breaks. Are they going to get a bad break here and there? That's why you got to kind of finish it when you're there, you know, at least once. Because <laughs> you keep yeah. the odds of keep going back. Think back to like, not that I want to be doom and gloom because I do think this team is gonna be really good. And I do not think this is 2014. But when you go back to that, after 2013, everybody thought they were gonna be back. Nobody thought that team was, was falling off. And yeah. it was more, I guess, infighting yeah. that made that team fall off because they started out five and three. Mm-hmm. I don't think they look great, but they still look like a playoff team. And then it just all went to hell with the infighting and Harbaugh and, and yeah. there was locker room stuff going on. I don't think that's going to happen at all. Just like you said, attrition, you know, people get hurt. Things like that. Is that going to well, happen? The other it's, thing it's, is, going be, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is like, you know, I, I feel like, Every time they've gotten close under Kyle, and it's not necessarily his fault. I mean, partially it is, but partially it isn't because he, it's, he's the offensive guy. But it's been the offense that's fallen short every time. It's mm-hmm. been due to the offense, either injuries or ineffectiveness or whatever it is. The defense has come to play. Uh, you could you could say the Chiefs Super Bowl, like, okay, well, you know, the defense collapsed in the last six minutes. But you're not going to win that game with 20 points against the, right. the greatest quarterback of our generation. You're not going to win that. So I'm waiting for Kyle's offense to finally step up and – finally seal the deal because all three times it has been the offense and specifically obviously the quarterback position very largely that has held him back you can't blame him for the the brock purdy thing right that's not his fault right that's just a freak thing but again attrition is part of the game and i'm hoping that they can kind of get over that and be able to put it together on offense to see what they can do with the full season of kyle shanahan and a good quarterback i feel like brock purdy being that guy to be able to make a run at this and see what they can do for a full 17 game plus three or four game playoff run and ending with the Super Bowl win. I, I want to see that because since he's been here, we've never seen that. We've never seen his team stay healthy throughout the whole year. The one time we did was in was in 2019, and even then they came up short. Yeah, and that was really the only year they've had a healthy quarterback <laughs> it was 2019 because yep. Jimmy was banged up in 2021. Obviously, they went through nine of them this year. So 2019 was the only year they finished the season with somebody who was healthy, which is crazy for six years. The other name I wanted to bring up, and we'd be remiss not to, is Daniel Brunskill. Because he was a good player for this team. He could play every position on the offensive line. Plug him in at center. He could plug him in at guard. He did a great job at tackle in 2019. He goes to the Titans, ran Carthon in the Titans for two years. I think think that's a huge loss, too. I thought Brunskill was a really big player for them. Yeah, and he was Aaron Noddle's daddy too. That's the other thing as well. Yeah. Is that you? Hey, I've never seen a player. Have you ever seen a guy lock up Aaron Donald like that? I've never seen that. In in your plan, I mean, the Rams are probably going to suck this year, but you're playing a division rival that you owned, and his play in those games is a big part of it. If you can hold Aaron Donald down, it's, it goes a long way in beating the Rams, and he he did a great job to do that. Brunskill was a really good player for the 49ers. 
yeah, he was really good. And also shout out to Aziz Al-Shari who also cashed in. Great story. Undrafted free agent comes in, makes a huge impact, and now cashes in. What a what a story. Those are those are the feel-good stories. And and credit to Larry Kruger. Larry Kruger was the first one that I had heard talk about Aziz Al Shayer as a, as a potential player when they signed him as an undrafted free agent. He's like, he's going to make this team. So shout out to Larry for predicting that. And here we are a couple of years later and he's cashed in as a free agent and, and really just good for him. Good for Aziz. Larry was big on Purdy too, wasn't he? He was, he was big on Purdy. Yep. yep. Yeah. I remember him saying stuff about that. We got to have Larry back on. It's been a while. He's always fun to have on. Yeah. He's great. I love Larry. We got to have, we definitely got to have him on. All right, Zane. So kind of wrapping this up here, I know free agency is not totally over and there's a, long way in this offseason but free agency period to this point what grade are you giving the Niners I give them a solid I give them a solid B and the reason why is because for them to earn an A you have to fill the edge rusher position opposite Bosa you have to fill that right tackle position and you need secondary depth so this could very well turn into an A if if they can do all of those things but I think that it's been a great start. They re-signed to Sean Gibson. They got Isaiah Oliver. Obviously, Javon Hargrave was the biggest get. And they made several other smaller signings, like bringing Brendel back. Uh, Demetrius Flying and Fowles was brought back as well as a depth piece special teams player. So they're making a lot of the smaller signings that they need to make to be able to hold their team together. I just want them to be able to get a starting level right tackle and a starting level edge rusher opposite Bosa. And I think that that... B turns into another B plus or A minus for me. What about you? I'm going to give it a B too. And I think they've done some really good things. The Darnold signing, we talked we talked about it last show, but I love it. I love it mm-hmm. for a third quarterback. You have essentially a guy who, who I think will end up ultimately being a, a good backup in the league. I think that's what he is. I think he's a pretty decent backup. And you got him for your number three. You've insulated yourselves. I, I love that signing. Farrell, we'll see. It's just a rotational D-line piece. They needed it. The upside is there. I really like the Isaiah Oliver signing, like I said, and Hargrave is obviously a home run. I think he could be a game changer. But like we said on the defense, where is that other edge player going to be? And they've lost a lot of pieces, and that's not their fault. They can't pay all these guys. But some of that depth now that they had is gone. El Shire was a really good player. You don't even worry when he came in. Yep. Now, now that's gone. Ibukam and Amenihu, you know, those guys coming in and rushing – you don't, again, it's, it's great depth to have. You trust both of them. If Bosa's ever out, you trust those guys. They don't have that now. And that's, what, what are you going to do? You can't you can't sign everybody. Jimmy Ward has been a great player for them. E-Man, I thought, was the number one corner. So you lose those guys, they're really tough to replace. Offensively, uh, skill positions look great. I like that they brought Brando back, but you lose you lose the the chess piece and Dan Brun, Daniel Brunskill that you can put a lot of different places and you lose Mike McGlinchey, who's, again, a, probably a, a mid-tier right tackle, and that's not a derogatory thing. That's a good thing to have a middle-of-the-road right tackle. Right. So you lose him, and you have a big unknown there. So, And they don't have a kicker yet, but I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'm sure they'll get somebody soon. Um, so I think that they've done a good job with what they can do. There's still more work to do. So for right now, even with Hargrave, even as much as I like the Oliver signing, I, I agree. I think they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And and again, it's very early. It's like day four of free agency. So we have we've got a long way to go. We've got the full offseason to talk about this. It's only mid-March. And we've got all of camp and the draft and the lead up to the draft slash lying season for a lot of teams and, and smoke screen season. But the Niners are gonna be picking on on 
you know, day two, they're not going to be picking in the, in the first round. So I think that they have some time to kind of sit and wait and see how this first round pans out. I, the, the whole Lamar Jackson's thing, Lamar Jackson thing is still out there. I would love it. You know, that would be a, a dream come true for me to get that level of player at, as quarterback here in the Kyle Shannon offense. But there's a lot, a lot of stuff still yet to be settled out. And I think that when we look at everything three months down the line, when camp starts and it does settle, we'll look back to these shows and be like, okay, well, you know, we were, we were questioning this and that makes a lot more sense now now that we've seen the roster move. So that's one thing that I've learned about this regime is that they're, while they're not perfect, they have done an excellent job in just changing the culture here. I can't emphasize that enough. The culture mm-hmm. was so terrible when Harbaugh, even Harbaugh was here. The last year he was here, the culture was awful. Like you said, there's a lot of infighting, a lot of crap going on. Mm-hmm. They have turned that whole thing around. They ousted Trent Baalke. Kyle inherited, Kyle and John Lynch and Adam Peters and Mark Mayhew inherited the worst roster in the league when they came here in 2017. They were able to eventually turn this into a series of assistants that got hired as head coaches, comp picks that turned into really good players, a couple of lucky breaks here and there with Bosa falling into their lap, you know, with, with Arizona picking Kyler Murray first, with Cliff Kingsbury being the coach, right. their coach. So that's what good teams do. They take advantage of their their opportunities, and, and that's what they've done. And they've got this comp pick formula master. They've got the comp pick game. They, they've got that on lock. Because you know all these guys that left this year out, you know what that means for next year, right? Oh, yeah, comp more pick. draft picks. Yep. yep. So they've, they've got a, a self-sustaining system here. And I think that going forward, the 49ers will actually be the model that the NFL follows for sustained competitiveness. You put a good coach there who has a good talent evaluator in Adam Peters. They understand the value of certain players. They let others walk and replace them with comp picks. And they're really good at drafting, especially in the middle rounds. That is going to be the model that teams follow in the NFL going forward. 100%. And I'm pumped. And next week, we can get to some draft talk. Can't wait. Yep. Can't wait. Yep. Can't wait. All right, I'll All get right. out of here, bud. We're out of here. For Zane, this is Al. Peace. Nine zero three. One zero three. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 